This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, we are back with our week three picks uh, here as both of us try to uh, keep the momentum rolling. You had a better week than I did uh, when it comes to the picks. You are currently leading the way, but uh, I am going to make up for it this week with a couple of just huge underdogs. Uh, I'm kidding, because there, there really aren't that many that, that either one of us are high on when it comes to underdogs. And of course, we'll get to that, Dylan. But uh, interesting slate this week, like we said, because I don't really see a lot of areas where, you know, we, we talk about Vegas and how they always know it. Well, they seem pretty spot on this week because there's a lot of teams uh, in terms of underdogs that you just don't feel like are, are able to stack up to, to some of the favorites in this week's games. Yeah, I have one kind of bold take for an upset. But other than that, like you mentioned, there's a lot of home teams that are pretty decent favorites. Nothing. I mean, outside of, yeah, the Patriots, Cowboys, we'll get to them. Obviously, they're over 20-plus, but there's a lot of teams in that kind of four to seven range, so not not a lot of uh, picks that are incredibly difficult when we go straight up. Against the spread, maybe it's a different question. We can kind of get into that a few times maybe yeah. to kind of spice these ones up because overall, it's an uh, maybe not as many uh, premier games as last week's slate, but there's still, uh, you know, we'll get to, obviously, Chiefs, Ravens. We'll take the cake, but there's a lot of really good games still on the slate. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we mentioned premier games, and that's where we'll start uh, with the Thursday night game. Uh, This podcast will be out by the time the Thursday night game is over, so we won't spend much time on it as always. But um, I don't really see this game being a uh, high-scoring affair. And that is, of course, the Titans at the Jags, uh, one of those AFC South matchups that we just continue uh, to salivate over uh, because it's just, uh, I, you know, we never, you know, this division, we've said it since we did our picks in the preseason, uh, this division's a mess, and we don't really know what to expect game in and game out, but I do think we know what to expect with this one. Um, the over-under, I think, is now under 39 or so. Uh, the last time these two teams played in Jacksonville, it was 9-6 to last season. Uh, so, Dylan, I will let you take your pick first on this one. Uh, my pick is, which I'll give the team in a minute, but my most confident pick in this game is that it is going to be ugly and uh, it is going <laughs> to be very low scoring. Yeah, the over-under is only 38, so not a lot of people banking on this one being a high-scoring affair. I went with Tennessee just mostly because uh, more than just last week, you know, we talked about how we can't really trust this team, but I think with Jacksonville's defense, there's a lot of lot of things going on, obviously, with Jalen Ramsey and all that drama. I think they're going to come out determined. The last time they played the Titans was the game where Derrick Henry had 200-plus yards and was running through them quite literally, so... Uh, in terms of that, I think Jacksonville will be, you know, motivated here and obviously don't want to start 0-3. But I think Tennessee's defense will bounce back against Mr. Minshew. Now, you can either call him Gardner Minshew or Mr. <laughs> Minshew. One of the two, I've decided now. But uh, I think Tennessee's defense will have a big day. I do think you, uh, you're going to get into Leonard Fournette. Obviously, could have a, a nice fantasy performance there for Jacksonville. As they're going to be run heavy, of course, with Minshew at quarterback. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, like you said, the most confident pick here has to be it just being an ugly game i was joking before we got came on here that this is the game of the year right here it's the annual thursday night showdown between tennessee and jacksonville so i don't feel incredibly confident with the titans as a a road uh, favorite at 1.5 but 
Uh, just going to ride with my uh, division champ here in the AFC South. Well, the numbers are in your favor here. The Titans have won four in a row uh, against the Jags. And Marcus Mariota, hard to believe, he's five touchdowns and zero interceptions in his past three road games, which a uh, little bit of a surprise there. But I don't anticipate seeing the Titans throw the ball a ton in this game. Uh, we, You know, the Jalen Ramsey saga, which uh, we'll certainly discuss more because I think by the time – we are recording our podcast again. He's going to be on another team, uh, but he will apparently play for the Jags uh, on Thursday mm-hmm. night. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be one to watch. And I've got Leonard Fournette as, as a fantasy must-play. Uh, you could probably, based on Derrick Henry's stats against the Jags, you could throw him in there as well. Um, and uh, the two defenses are probably fantasy must-plays. But with Fournette, uh, I was looking at pro football focus, uh, just so many great stats in there week in and week out. Titans have allowed 215 yards after contact. That's third most in the NFL on rush uh, rushes. So I think Fournette could have a big game. He hasn't kind of had that breakout game yet, but this could be one where he turns the corner. And so I will go with the Jags in this one, which for Titans fans listening to this, no surprise. I always pick against the Titans. Everyone knows um, that it just <laughs> happens. Yet I picked them last week, and that's where, you know what? You burned me once, and I'm not letting you burn me again. So I'm going to take the Jags here, uh, just a wild AFC South. Who knows what we're going to get from any of these teams, uh, but this will probably be an ugly game, and that much uh, we know at this point. But moving on to the Sunday slate, and we'll start with the Bengals at the Bills. The Bills are six-point favorites. Oh, excuse me. Let, let me rephrase that. Dylan's Buffalo Bills are <laughs> six-point favorites in this game. Um, I you know if the, if the Bengals would have played well in one last week, we'd be saying that the Bla- Blake's Bengals because, uh, as we know, I was I was on the Bengals train, uh, but I am quickly jumped off of it uh, after that performance against the Niners. Uh, Bills six point favorites here, and uh, I was laughing because we were laughing on the last episode about how I said the Bills could very well be 6-0 and when you look at their schedule now. They have to beat the Patriots to do that, uh, but let's say they, they pull off that, that upset. Their schedule sits up pretty to be 6-0, and so this is a game, Dylan. I think the Bills are going to move one step closer <laughs> to being 6-0 and on the season uh, if they can beat the Patriots. Uh, I'm picking the Bills here because, again, I am off the uh, Bengals bandwagon for sure at this point. Yeah, it doesn't quite sound right hearing that the buffalo bills are six point favorites unless they're facing you know the dolphins or sam darnoldless jets at this point maybe they won't cover but i'm going to go with buffalo i think their defense has looked quite great so far and you know cincinnati hasn't really faced a defense this good so far and we saw exactly how they struggled against san francisco now we'll get into the 49ers and maybe their defense being better than i've kind of talked about and overall what a lot of people think but Overall, I think Buffalo is going to be pretty tough for Cincinnati to run against. They've struggled to run the ball in both of their first two games. Now they're facing an even better run defense. I think Buffalo's offense attack won't have any issues. I mean, we, we saw what the uh, 49ers running game was able to do with Mostert and Breda against them. I think it'll be a similar uh, kind of theme here with Devin Singletary and Frank Gore. And they've done a great job of simplifying the offense for Josh Allen. I don't. There's nothing from Cincinnati's defense that we saw last week um, or really at certain points in their week one uh, near upset over the Seahawks where I'm going to believe that they're going to be able to slow down Buffalo. So maybe they won't cover. Maybe, you know, Cincinnati might keep it close. It's still Buffalo with expectations, and that's something maybe as a gambler you want to stay away from. (laughs) It's not exactly the safest bet, but I'm going to go with Buffalo at least to win this game for sure. Yeah, yeah, you don't trust the Bills because you don't really see them as a high-scoring offense. They're not going to sling it around 40 times or anything like that. So, but – you know, they could take advantage of the run game, and that's why I have Frank Gore, and it's hard to believe we're sitting here in 2019, and I am telling you that Frank Gore is an absolute must-play <laughs> in fantasy football because he could have a huge game here, knowing that the Devin Singletary, uh, like you said, I mean, it's just there's so many ways you can go with, with this rushing attack. Uh, with this team and when you consider that the Bengals have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs already this season and pro football focus has them as their worst tackling team in the NFL uh, by far as well I think um, that Mm -hmm. just sets up perfectly for the Bills and and really I mean even Josh Allen like think about that as bad as the Bengals are tackling wise I mean we could see Josh Allen break a runoff here for 50 yards or so and I don't think it'd be surprising just considering what he can do Um, so everything sets up great here for the Bills Uh, but it's just really hard to believe that like literally this is one of those games where the Bills are 2-0 we're going into their third game saying I would be shocked if the Bills aren't (laughs) 3-0 
<laughs> after this week. Uh, but like it's I said, glorious. hey, one more <laughs> step towards that six and zero Buffalo Bills. But next weekend they do get the Patriots at home, so you never know. You get a little momentum going into that game. You're sitting there three and zero. Both teams going to be three and zero, and so you never know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, both taking the Bills there. Both pretty confident about it uh, against the Bengals. All right, let's group two games together. We rarely do this, but we're doing it now because. Uh, these are the two games we're going to have a lot of fun with. <sighs> the oh Dolphins at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are 23-point favorites. The Jets at the Patriots. The Patriots are 23-point favorites. This is the NFL we are talking about here. We have two teams that are 23-point favorites against AFC East teams. So, uh, Dylan, for me, that just shows you that uh, I think the Bills and the Patriots are already 4-0 in the division. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't even – like, why even play those games at this point? Because they have locked up wins against the Jets and the Dolphins, in my opinion, at this point, Um, both of those teams. So the the race for the AFC East is between the Bills and the Patriots at this point. Uh, all right, let, let's just let's start off with this. We'll start with the Cowboys and the Dolphins again. There, there's just only so much we can analyze here. The Dolphins are terrible. We mentioned on the last podcast could be <laughs> they could legitimately be the worst team we've ever seen in the NFL, and that's not a joke. We, and if you want to go back and listen to the previous podcast, we discussed why in comparing them to some of the other teams that uh, have gone winless before, and, and how mm-hmm. likely it is that the Dolphins could go winless. Um, I mean, this is my lock of the week, and again, I could have, you know, I could have went with the Patriots as the lock of the week, but I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep riding the Dolphins train here. Anybody that plays against the Dolphins, if this spread goes up to 30 next week, I don't even know who they play. I'm probably still gonna take that team uh, because that's just what we've seen, and I'm someone you, you go by what you see, and what I see is a really bad Dolphins team. My fantasy players in this one, I'll say it again, exactly how I read it on the notes. The entire Cowboys roster play every single person on the roster uh, because they are fantasy must plays. That goes for Dak, Zeke, uh, even Tony Pollard. Uh, let's see, Randall Cobb, Devin Smith, Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. P- play them all. The, the Cowboys defense, play everyone because uh, just – do an entire Cowboys stack if you're doing uh, DFS. Just play the entire team, which I know is not allowed. Uh, Cowboys, Dylan, I, well, what else do we say here? Just just buy a Cowboys jersey, get your whole, uh, you know, join the boys, Clint. Yeah, no, yeah. obviously for both these games, I'm going to pick both Dallas and New England. That's not even too difficult. I have another lock of the week, but I'll, I would – feel very comfortable with either of these being mine as well yeah in terms of intriguing fantasy plays I, I put down Devin Smith you could add Randall Cobb in there I think you know with Amari Cooper he's going to probably be matched up on Xavier Howard all day which yeah. now you know maybe uh, Miami's front office didn't think they were tanking hard enough because they just traded Minka Fitzpatrick leaving Xavier on, on an absolute island out there so it's 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 going to be ugly I think with what we've seen from Dallas's offense and how efficient they've been with the, uh, with all the you know moving in the backfield and different things they've been able to do to set up Dak Prescott to su- uh, succeed and he's off to a great start in Kellamore's offense. Can't say enough about what they've done there, but we're still not going to really learn much about Dallas this week and unfortunately uh, in week four it might be tough too as well depending with uh, Teddy Bridgewater taking the yep. uh, spot for New Orleans but overall yeah Dallas it's it is a t- too easy of a pick. I mean with Miami at this point it's becoming it's beyond a joke i mean and the fact that we have two 20 point favorites i think it's the first time since week five of 1987 i saw so uh, that you've had two 20 point favorites in the same week in the nfl it's just nuts it's uh, i mean the jets maybe would be a little closer if sam darnold was playing but they'd probably still be just hovering under 20 um in that game uh, yeah going to the patriots i don't really have much to say about why i don't really think it's necessary after what we saw what the jets looked like against the browns and then the patriots perhaps the most complete team in every facet of the game they're going to be seven and zero unless the buffalo somehow beats them next week uh, they, they're just too good the schedule is lining up too well for them they don't even don't even have to face the jets with <laughs> sam darnold on the field it's it's ridiculous so i'll let you get into that one it, it really overall just tough to really analyze these games because it's so one-sided it, it feels like almost a college football situation where you have a, a team from a, a lower conference facing alabama or something like that yeah like there is nothing i mean we, this is the only other thing like uh, here, all right, let's just do this because there's nothing to analyze here. We know that both of these teams are going to win this game. Who wins by mm-hmm. more, Cowboys or Patriots? Oh man, that is <laughs> see, that's a tough question. If you had that as a as a bet, that would be more difficult. I 
Ooh, I would have I just because I think the Jets defense isn't completely awful. I no. I would guess I'll go with the Cowboys. I don't feel comfortable about that, but <laughs> um I I mean the Patriots that Bill Belichick has no problem running it up on any team, let alone the Jets, a franchise that he has a, a long history with. But I'll go with Dallas in terms of winning by more points. I guess we'll find out on that one though. We can add yeah. that to our picks. Well, and to me, I, I think that's the pick too because at least for the Jets, you have Le'Veon Bell, so like he can at least break a play and you know let's say get him a touchdown. Uh, the Dolphins, yeah. I, I don't see them getting any offense. Period. Um, so. You know, maybe how many touches is Le'Veon gonna get? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is like, <laughs> if I were the Jets, I would just give him the ball every time. But I mean, <laughs> hey, Luke Falk and got my man Robbie Anderson involved. And from a fantasy perspective, I need that because uh, Robbie Anderson is my second wide receiver in the Clutch Points League. Is really becoming an issue here. Um, oh, so yeah. we uh, we need to get Robbie Anderson back on track. He should at least get some targets in this game because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, I, I'll go with the Cowboys, too, to win my more. But in both these games, they're, they're going to be uh, one-sided. We're going to see uh, supreme efforts on the, the side of the favorites in that one. They're, they're both going to be okay. Uh, one team not favored by 23 points. That's Packers, who are uh, 7.5-point favorites at home. Against the Broncos, um, the Broncos just, boy, they, they're in that deflated sort of mode now after feeling like they, they had that game one against the Bears, mm-hmm. um, but didn't turn out that way uh, as the, the Bears hit the field goal to win it. Uh, but the Broncos now on the road against the Packers team that's looked really good. Uh, I'm taking the Packers here. I don't think that's as much of a surprise. Um, and it's just, I think, you know, we're both probably going to be on the same page here in terms mm-hmm. of the, the Broncos offense. It's just not anything that you're you're buying stock in right now because there, there's just not enough there that they don't have uh, kind of that consistency that you want, especially on the road against a team that has looked like one of the best teams in the NFL so far. Yeah, I think it's the third straight week where the Packers are going to face a tougher defense, and again, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think it's good for that offense with LaFleur and Rodgers and everyone to kind of face all these tough uh, kind of defensive opponents early in the year to kind of work out some things um, as they try to become a Super Bowl contender by the end of the year. At this point, still a lot of, uh, you know, they had that great first quarter against Minnesota and then didn't score the rest of the game, and, you know, they moved the ball a little bit but still struggled overall. Um, so they got some things to get work out, but I, I have the Packers as well, mostly because I just don't think Denver has the firepower to keep up with them, let alone, you know, what we've seen from the Packers defense. I think they're a top 10 unit at this point. Denver against the Bears, I mean, Bears, another really tough defense. They struggle to do anything. We saw them struggle against the Raiders. I mean, it, just not really confident in Joe Flacco, as I've mentioned um, numerous times i don't mean to kind of bash on the guy but i just do not at this point have faith in him to lead the weapons they have to anywhere at all and you know yeah they're really deflating loss it's going to be tough for them to come into green bay you know trying to avoid going zero and three um but yeah i have to go with the packers i think they just have too many weapons rogers is too good and i just don't think denver's offense is ready for the packers defense i think it's going to be an ugly day for them well, I'll tell you what it could be an ugly day for, and that's Aaron Jones' fantasy owners because uh, mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur yeah. came out, well, I think it was on Wednesday. Uh, I think everyone's probably saw the quote now, and if you're an Aaron Jones owner, there's no doubt you have. He's talking about how he wants to even up the touches uh, between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and there's that frustration. It, like That was the theme during Mike McCarthy era, and now we're back to saying that Aaron Jones is nothing more than a, a 50-50 back. Um, that is... Ah, Dylan, I don't understand it. Like, because again, you're someone too. You go back watch games each week, like I do, and there's a lot of people who do this. And it seems like literally 90% of the people who watch Aaron Jones play are like, "My goodness, this guy is so talented." Even Vic Fangio was talking about it this week. He he called, you know, the the Packers said that they got a steal of Aaron Jones and talking about just how wowed he was by him when he mm-hmm. first saw him play. I don't I don't get it. Like why do they not just turn the keys over and say this is the guy. Let's let I, I don't know. Like I see it, but I, I maybe I'm missing something with him. Yeah, it's the same it's this problem that a lot of Packer fans had with McCarthy and they kind of you kind of figured when they brought in uh, LaFleur it was going to change and they're going to really embrace what Aaron Jones can bring to the offense not just obviously running the ball but in the passing game and it, it is early in the year I, th- uh, you, I think there's still optimism that he'll prove himself over the course of the season you, you start with the Minis- the Vikings and then uh, the week before with the Bears yeah. these defenses are incredible against running backs against the running game passing the running backs all of it so he hasn't really had the best opportunities and that's not really going to change 
change with Denver this week. Um, I feel I feel pretty good though about stashing Jamal Williams on my bench in our Clutch Points Fantasy League, hoping that, yep, <laughs> that yep. he's just going to find his way in there in a, a certain week where I need him. But overall, yeah, I, with Aaron Jones, it's got to be frustrating for Packer fans. But at the same time, they they have so many weapons that unless you're yeah fantasy wise, it's it's incredibly frustrating you see a guy that you feel like with this offense what he should be able to do should be putting up big numbers but i i would just preach patience in this case they just haven't had that many good matchups for him and over the course of the year that will even out and he'll probably have some better days yeah well again i just pulled up their schedule i don't know that it gets much better really over the next couple <laughs> weeks you know they've got the eagles next and they're at the cowboys yeah. um at home against eagles the, are great against running backs yeah. yeah you've got the eagles cowboys and you got the lions with that you know that defensive line for the lions and like eh, yeah there's, there's not many great matchups i guess to be honest uh, on there mm-hmm. for for the running game with the Packers but you know I was looking at it from a fantasy perspective in this game there's not a lot that I would look at this game and just feel strongly about because uh, it's one of those like we said the Packers going up against a tough defense and you yeah. know Aaron Rodgers you know is he completely 100 <laughs> percent like I think there's a lot of different ways this thing could go yeah I mean another week where you have Aaron Rodgers facing a tough defense I think in our league we, Lamar Jackson has started twice over Aaron Rodgers and that's worked out quite well for that owner so yeah, yeah it's it, another tough play for him I think you know fantasy maybe if Denver's going to win this game they're probably gonna have to control the clock and kind of keep Rodgers off the field and methodically move the ball so maybe the the Denver uh, running back combo Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman Royce Freeman looked a lot better last week but yeah overall fantasy wise uh, I might stay away from it if I could especially in daily fantasy yeah, for sure. No, no cash game plays in this one, folks. Don't, uh, don't, don't be going. You got to have the high floor in cash games, and I don't see it really anybody, anybody in this one. Um, so yeah, we we might stay away from that one uh, if you're playing DFS. Uh, a game that could be a little more DFS friendly, and that is uh, the Falcons at the Colts. The Colts are one and a half point favorites here, which I don't know. I guess it makes sense, um, but just because they're at home. Uh, but uh dylan i'm gonna take the falcons here and uh th- this could be one of the better games of the week though i, I think we're probably uh in a situation where just looking at it from a point spread obviously but but also when you consider where both of these teams are at uh, there's still two teams we expect to at least have a chance to, to make the playoffs um and the falcons just getting that win against the eagles that was a huge boost of momentum for them the colts obviously going on the road winning at the titans uh, that was a huge boost of momentum for them so you've got two teams coming into this game that feel pretty good about themselves i i'm just i'm continuing to lean on the falcons even as ugly as that week one game was against the vikings i'm gonna keep leaning on the falcons here because i just feel like in a game like this a guy like Julio Jones is going to be the difference because he just he has that big play ability and mm-hmm. certainly there are guys you know T.Y. Hilton could do that for the Colts but I think Julio has a better setup here and if yeah. Matt Ryan can at least you know be good Matt Ryan if he can be you know not, <laughs> not the Matt the interceptions yes if he cannot be the Matt Ryan we saw against the Vikings um, if he can be good Matt Ryan I think the Falcons are going to have a chance to win this game. Yeah, if the Falcons didn't turn over the ball so much in the last game, they probably would have beaten the Eagles by 10 points or so. Yeah. I mean, their defense was flying around. That's that's the reason I'm going with the Falcons here. I think their defense is so fast and at the linebackers uh, in the bat, um, you know, with the safeties and everything. They're really just a, a defense that makes it tough for kind of what uh, we're going to see the Colts want to do with trying to get the running game involved, obviously throwing to the running backs and some of these shorter passes. I think Atlanta – their, their roster on defense kind of fits in well to defend them, which is the main reason I'm going with the uh, Falcons here. I, I do think, you know, the Colts' defense has been good against the pass, but they've struggled. I wrote down here that so far they've given up 5.5 yards per carry. I think this will be a game where Devonta Freeman finally, for his fantasy owners, finally gets a, a big week. I think Atlanta will really try to run the ball a lot more here and kind of setting up play, uh, situations for Matt Ryan where he doesn't have, uh, you know, Indy's defense sitting back knowing he's going to necessarily throw every time. I think it works out for them and that in their favor and you know the Colts as much as you know we've complimented them and talked about overall the whole roster strength and it's been impressive to see what they've done so far they easily could be 2-0 so uh, it's a tough game but I I do think uh, you know obviously very 
uh, you know, if you've listened to our podcast, you can tell I'm very bullish on the Falcons just overall. And these are the t- kind of games that they're going to have to win if they're going to end up getting into the playoffs. So going to go with Atlanta here. Should be a close one, probably a uh, close one late, but overall got to go with the Falcons. Yep, I'm going to take the Falcons too. Like we said, it's all about limiting turnovers. Uh, they've got to do that because they just, you know, we've seen it a lot for them in recent years, it seems like. They'll go on the road, they'll get down two touchdowns early, and then they're just clawing back and having to fight back. Uh, you don't want to put yourself in that situation here. And so uh, it's all going to come down to Matt Ryan for me, you know, how he plays against this Colts defense. Um, I think Julio could have a game. You mentioned Devontae Freeman. I think that's a sneaky, good fantasy play this week because uh, he's got a potential good matchup. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. We're both on the Falcons um, in a slight upset, although I think both these teams are, are pretty even uh, at this point. All right, that sends us into what is, I mean, let's. there's no way around it. It's the best game of the week, um, and that is the Ravens mm-hmm. at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are six-point favorites in this one, which I think is a little bit high, to be honest. Uh, and and yeah. that's, you know, it's not just me looking at the Ravens and saying, look how impressive they were against the Dolphins. We know how bad the Dolphins are. Um, and even though, you know, the Cardinals had their chances in week two, the, the Ravens are still really, really good. And, and I think we're going to see uh, that here. And Dylan, I guess that's a perfect segue to you because uh, we're on different sides of the coin in this one. But uh, this is the game of the week, and uh, there's going to be a lot of fireworks here. Yeah, not not easy for me to pick against the Chiefs ever. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, I've picked them to make the Super Bowl. But I'm going to go with the Ravens here in this game. It's, it's my upset of the week. Would have been my game of the week, but I didn't want to keep matching up games of the week. So I'll change <laughs> mine on that one. I already got an upset here. I, last year, one of the best games of the whole season uh, between the Ravens and Chiefs, if it wasn't for a couple fourth down conversions, from uh, Patrick Mahomes and some pretty insane throws. Uh, the Ravens would have beaten the Chiefs in Kansas City last year, and I think the Ravens' offense looks even better. Maybe there's more questions about their defense, but I, I do think what we've seen from Kansas City against uh, in their first two games, their defense obviously struggled a ton in Week 1 against Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew. Saw them respond quite well against Oakland, but I do think they're going to have trouble against the Ravens here. I, I think everything they do, I, I, just overall, Baltimore's got so many different weapons on offense. I think, uh, you, I mean, you're going to mention Mark Andrews. I I think with the game plan we're probably going to see from uh from kansas city trying to limit the running game mark andrews is going to have some nice uh maybe on some rpos or there's your buzzword other d- different situations where he's getting nice targets over the middle of the field could be a big day for him and i just think baltimore even though their defense maybe has taken a step back i i still think they're going to do enough here to kind of force mahomes into some tougher spots if you know the chiefs as good as they are and as much as i think they might end up right there with the pats at the end of the season they're going to probably lose a couple games here and there don't feel incredible about this pick again (laughs) really hard to pick against mahomes and andy Reid and how the offense has looked but i think the ravens are the kind of team uh, you know if they'd played last year in the playoffs too that they have the kind of uh you know, their game plan and the way that they're able to control the clock with their running game and now even passing the ball better. They're kind of they're the kind of team that isn't a great matchup for Kansas City. So I'll go with Baltimore here in a close one. She's gonna go right down to the wire. Maybe Justin Tucker hits one of his fifty uh, yard kicks to end it. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm taking the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be a closer game than that six-point spread. Uh, I think it's a field goal game, and, um, and you know, I think we, we'd be surprised if it was anything else between these two teams because these two certainly look like, uh, at this point, I guess, the, the two teams that could really challenge the Patriots uh, and have a chance to, to go a long way and have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, even with picking the Chiefs, I still think, you know, fantasy-wise – Patrick Mahomes, he, he got to play him. I mean, he, they could give him <laughs> no, trouble, yeah. but he's still going to throw the ball. Even if they get down, he's still going to throw the ball 50 times. Um, and so you've got Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, it's a must play. I mean, he's just – he's proven, you know, knowing what he can do with his legs and going up against the Chiefs defense that, that is still vulnerable in some spots. Um, and then Mark Andrews, like you mentioned, uh, I know he's questionable at least, or he was whenever we, we started recording this, um, but the Chiefs have tied for the most receptions allowed to tight end so far. Uh, so I just feel like he's going to get a lot of targets again, and we've seen what he's been able to do uh, you know, through two weeks. And you know, it's one of those where you're almost like, well, you know, I mean, he's got to go back eventually, right? He's not going to be – well, yeah. no, he's he's still going to be – he should still be really good this week. I mean, just looking at the matchups, uh, he's got a chance to have a big week. And really, you know what, from a fantasy perspective, you're playing pretty much everyone here. I mean, because it is – with such a high point total, uh, There, there's really no one I'll, – I'll tell you this, though, Mark Ingram, a little bit worrisome to me. Um 
You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, because if, let's think about that. You know, you're picking the Ravens, but let's say it's a situation where, um, you know, the Chiefs get up 10, two touchdowns yeah. early, something like that. I, I don't really think we see a lot of Mark Ingram, um, and so yeah. that, that may limit his upside a little bit. And we've heard the Ravens also say they haven't even shown like a quarter of their what their offense can be through the first two weeks. So, yeah, if they get behind, I, I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're throwing the ball a lot more than we've seen them in past weeks, which doesn't really fit into the kind of game I think they need, should probably try to play against Kansas City. But, you know, you really have no choice if you fall behind early if, Kansas, if Patrick Mahomes just does some superhuman stuff and gets Kansas City a nice lead. Yeah, and by the way, I'm all in on Marquise Brown. Like I don't like he's at this point. I don't care who he goes up against. Um, his speed is just it's obvious. And think about the targets. We were you know that first game against the Dolphins. Everybody's like, well, you know, he only played what was I think 12 snaps or something. He's yeah. not going to be someone. Well, last week what did he? I think he had 13 targets, something like that. Something so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like this this guy is no clearly, concerns there. <laughs> no, he's clearly going to be uh, the guy. And so there there's no reason to be concerned about him in a game like this like we say uh where it could get high scoring you could have both teams passing the ball a lot uh give me give me marquise brown all day of the week uh because i think he could he just playmakers you know this is that game where we know tyreek tyreek hill's not playing but like a tyreek hill marquise brown those types of guys are just they're rare because they they have that ability to just use their speed to completely change a game in, you know, 10 seconds. And so uh, it's mm-hmm. just, oh, gosh, I can't. This game's going to be great. Like, it's just going to be yeah, so fun. So excited. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's going to be so great. So uh, be sure to uh, just get prepared for that one. Uh, sit around, watch the Cowboys uh, do their thing against the, the Dolphins and the <laughs> Patriots do their thing against the Jets. But if you want to see a game, this is going to be uh, the game uh, of the week. So, uh, all right, moving on to the Vikings, who are at home. Uh, probably a, a good thing for them uh, as they'll play the Raiders. Uh, the Vikings are nine-point favorites in this one. Uh, Raiders were very disappointing uh, for a lot of people last week. They got off to that 10 nothing start against the Chiefs, and we're all considering, you know, has the landscape changed in the AFC? The Raiders are back now. Raiders. Uh, they're back. Uh, I don't think a lot of people thought that, but for those that did, uh, it was a fun 15 minutes because uh, the second quarter completely changed everything. And uh, the Raiders, though, still have some strengths here. Uh, it's going to be hard to showcase those on the road against the Vikings. We, we mentioned the Falcons a minute ago. We saw what happened to the Falcons going up against that Vikings defense uh, in Minnesota. It's going to be a big challenge here for, for Derek Carr and company. Josh Jacobs seems like he's questionable, uh, mm-hmm. both injury, illness. So, I, you know, who knows with, with the running game there. Uh, probably see a lot more Jalen Rashard in the passing game. But Vikings with the pick here. Uh, I don't think that that's a huge surprise to anyone. Uh, for me, Dylan, it all comes down to, you know, Kirk Cousins may not throw the ball more than 15 times in this game uh, because I expect him to be up. Uh, but I just want to just give me something, man. G- give me a reason to defend you. Uh, just just look good. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has played well against teams that aren't, you know, as we've talked about, that don't end up with above 500 records. Yep. That could be the Raiders, so there you go. But overall in Oakland, real quick, I, I was disappointed mostly. Not, you know, 28 points against the Chiefs. That's not that awful. I, I don't think, you know, I didn't expect much different of a performance from the Raiders defense. I was more disappointed with their offensive line and just overall their production. To only score 10 against Kansas City after they got shredded by uh, Minshew. I mean, man, like, I, it really it was disappointing yeah. second half from them and overall their effort uh, in, the, in the second quarter too as well. It just, just looked lethargic. It kind of like they knew the Chiefs are better than them and they just kind of accepted it and took it. Um, I think they'll come out a lot tougher here, but uh, Minnesota at home, always a tough pick. Uh, Raiders are facing a much tougher defense. That offensive line is not going to have an easier day here. And Minnesota has, you know, a, a team with Super Bowl aspirations for, you know, given how that game went, they easily could have beaten the Packers last week, fall behind 21-0 and outscore them 16-0 the rest of the way. They have a touchdown taken off on a on a challenge call for offensive pass interference. They miss a field goal. They miss an extra point after uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Stefan Diggs. So just a lot of little things that could have gone differently for the Vikings turning that into a victory. And I think the defense looked great for most of that game, really. So I think they're going to be the difference here. As you mentioned, Kirk Cousins might not even have to throw the ball that much. Dalvin Cook, another guy, just week after week, uh, it seems like he's going to be huge for them. There's no reason to 
believe it'll be any different this week. And yeah, even Tyrell Williams struggling with an injury. I, just a lot of things with the Raiders that concern me. They have the league's worst pass defense through two weeks statistically. So uh, that's partially just matchup based with facing the uh, Chiefs, obviously. But uh, I think, you know, with the receivers that um, the Vikings have and some of the injuries on the back end of the defense for Oakland, it's going to be a big day. I think it, not, not a lock of the week, but I do think the Vikings will cover the nine point spread here. Yeah, Vikings in a really good spot. I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin Cook is the number one player in fantasy from a points perspective this week i think he just completely i mean he could he could go nuts uh and it's weird because you look at the stats and it's probably deceiving this is why you always look at these stats early in in the season and you have to remember that we've only played a couple games but like the raiders are fourth in the nfl against running backs in terms of allowing fantasy points they've only allowed 20 but let's remember you know they played the broncos who didn't really have much of a running game and they played the chiefs who as we know uh were passing it a lot uh so let's not just look at that stat and assume that they're going to find a way to mm-hmm. shut down Dalvin Cook that's not going to happen uh, Dalvin Cook could have a huge week if the if the Vikings get in a situation where they have to pass a lot uh, I think Adam Thielen is a really good uh, option there because uh, he could uh, he could be really involved against a, a secondary as we saw that can really get beat uh, on some big plays and so uh, a lot a lot to like everything in the Vikings favor here they should take care of business uh, just a matter if they can do it uh, by nine points for those of you who are going to be betting on this one uh, another intriguing game uh where you know maybe the the line's a little lower than people would have expected the eagles Mm -hmm. are six point favorites at home against the lions um i think maybe the the reason why as we know dylan has to do with injuries because uh the eagle the eagles were just decimated in that game against the falcons uh it does look like you know at least uh, from what i've seen no deshaun jackson no alshon jeffrey uh that changes the passing game for the Eagles because uh, Carson Wentz now has to uh, kind of look elsewhere and I mentioned Nelson Aguilar as someone in the uh, the waiver wire he was number two on my list this week ultimately when I posted the article uh, just because the, the pass has got to go somewhere and uh, I think the Eagles are going to win this game I think Aguilar could could have a, a good game but yeah. I think Zach Ertz is the better pick here in terms of guys who you could really see break out because He's going to be a target machine in this game, knowing that the Eagles have those injuries uh, at wide receiver. Uh, I think Zach Ertz could really have a monster game, even though he is going up against the Alliance team. You know, as we know, that they can do some things on defense. We saw what they did against yeah. the Chargers. Um, they, they have some, some good capabilities there, and they will likely try to find a way uh, to limit Ertz and make – you know, guys like uh, Aguilar beat them, but uh, I still like the like the Eagles here, even with the injuries. Yeah, I went with the Eagles as well, but I'm not sure they're going to cover the six point spread. I, I, you know, the Lions, I'm not buying into them after what happened in Week One, and then even last week, like going back again to that Charger game, they had two touchdowns blown back, called back from. Uh, penalties you have all the missed field goals just little weird things that kind of happen the fumble at the one yard line really they could have won that game quite easily that's a tough opponent but I do think Philadelphia is also a tough opponent and as much as I'm still uh, concerned about the back end of their defense really not the most encouraging first couple of games there I think the defensive line is still strong losing Malik Jackson still going to be a huge issue throughout the season for them I think Philadelphia wins the game I think they're going to try to get the running game going it's probably not going to work incredibly well against the Lions front but at least they got to keep them honest so that Carson Wentz doesn't get hit so many times I talked about that last week a lot and just overall I mean it's two weeks in and he's already banged up you, know, you, yeah. you don't have Nick Foles there again as we've mentioned a number of times now the Jags don't obviously either but overall for Philly I, I still think they have enough weapons and they're, they're they got a deep even with all the injuries with uh, Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey out um, I, they have so many weapons and I still think uh, at the end of the day, Carson Wentz. It's tough for me to pick against him in this game. Uh, the Lions' defense, yeah, again, like you, like you mentioned, has looked good at times, but at other times, we saw you know Kyler Murray just shredding them and really not doing much of anything. So, uh, yeah, it's a game where I'm not confident that Philadelphia is going to run away with it. And the spread, I think, did move down from six and a half to six. Some people probably thought it was a little too high. Uh, betting there so we'll see what happens but i think philadelphia ends up pulling it out just a game that might not be pretty might not uh, pick the over here yeah no it could be one of those games and that's you mentioned the the injury situation in carson Wentz. so that's one of the things that worried me about the eagles because i wasn't 
you know, I wasn't completely sure exactly, you know, how that was all going to unfold, and we've only been through two weeks, but uh, it's something to monitor, especially in that regard. And again, because you do have someone like Deshaun Jackson, who, uh, as we know, I mean, we want to see Deshaun Jackson play forever because he's he has that big playability. But you know, it's just at this point in, in guys' careers, there are going to be injuries that happen, and and so when you have some of those injury situations, um, hopefully the Eagles can, can get everybody healthy because we know they can be one of the best teams. Uh, they're your Super Bowl pick. They, they can be one of the best teams in the league. Uh, but like you said, maybe a sloppy game here uh, more so than people think. Uh, and, hey, if the if Stafford and company and Kelly Galladay, if they can have big games, uh, they could they could make things interesting here, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of just talking about the spread. This could be a lot closer uh, than maybe people think. Uh, all right, moving on to the afternoon games. And uh, speaking of ugly, I don't really, you know, it's there's a lot of unknowns with this one, and that's the the Panthers at the Cardinals. Uh, it seems likely at this point that Cam Newton is not going to play. Uh, Kyle Allen will move in as the quarterback there for the Panthers, going up against the Cardinals, who uh, I guess we're just going to start calling them uh, the field goal, you know, franchise because uh, I'm getting tired of seeing Cliff Kingsbury kick these field goals inside the five yard line. Uh, we were laughing about that on the last episode of the podcast. They're not going to be able to do that here and, and win the game. They're going to need to go for touchdowns. <laughs> uh, I, but Dylan, I, I am going to pick the Cardinals here because of the camp thing. I just don't, I, you know, it's yeah. just man, we injuries have just been. Uh, it, it happens every year. There, there are always injuries in the NFL. It's, it's part of the game. We, we know it's going to happen. But it just seems like, I mean, through two weeks here, we're, you know, Roethlisberger, Breeze. Uh, Cam, it's just Eli's bench. Like, there's just – it's such a weird dynamic at quarterback right now. Uh, but for the Cardinals, you've got Kyler Murray who has shown some some positive things in what mm-hmm. he's been able to do. Um, you know, Christian Kirk, I, I think, is getting more involved. That's a good thing for the Cardinals. So I'm going to take the Cardinals here because it yeah. just – it feels like a better setup for them. Yeah, I, I, I'm putting this as my lock of the week. Just the kind of a little different one, but I'm putting the lock of the week for the Cardinals to win this game and cover that two and a half point spread. That is pending Cam Newton not playing. I think it's kind of assumed at this point that he's not. We'll find out if he's able to give it a go. But I, it's it, to me, it's kind of crazy. You know, we've talked about Arizona, and yeah, they need the inside the five and inside the ten. All these field goals are kicking, but it's kind of crazy when I, looking back, kind of the stats last year. That offense was so bad, and like. And really, a lot of has of the pieces on weapons haven't changed. It's just Kyler, and you know, a big part of it is his mobility. He's able to kind of negate some of the issues they have in the offensive line and broken plays. And he's already, you know, one of the big things. Just looking at Chris Brown uh, from Smart Football, kind of talking about what he's able to do with his uh, kind of ownership of the air raid. He's he's already has complete control at the line, making a lot of changes on plays, seeing the defense, and already audible and as if he's been in the league for a few years. That's really encouraging if you're a Cardinals fan. I do think with the Panthers with Kyle Allen I have no trust in what he's going to be able to do with that offense Uh, already a team that struggled to pass down the field you know he he showed a little bit in that week 17 game when the Saints were kind of sitting back last uh, last season with the one seed already locked up and put up some numbers there but it's going to be a lot different against an Arizona defense which has looked fine not great but fine I mean they, they held Baltimore to 23 points and did some good things at times there to limit that offense so I, I, yeah, I'm going with them as the lock of the week. Uh, I really just don't trust Carolina's defense still. You know, I think they're uh, another defense that's okay, but really I, I think Arizona's going to be able to kind of exploit what they see. And as long as Kyler's playing as well as he has lately, I think they'll be able to take this one. Also another little fun thing when uh, Kyler Murray was at Texas A&M Kyle Allen actually beat him out for the starting (laughs) job so this is a little revenge for him it's going to be fun to see the the former Aggies and obviously with Murray going to the Sooners we'll see what he can do with a little revenge game here yeah I was going to bring that up because that that's such a fascinating storyline to me as someone who who watches (laughs) a lot of SEC football that was something that was talked about for so long uh, about the, the situation there in College Station between those two and now you've got them uh, probably going to be squaring off here in an NFL game. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm going with the Cardinals. You're going with the, the Cardinals here as your lock of the week. I put Greg Olson in my list as someone that's probably a fantasy must-play, which is, again, very it may seem very odd. Uh, but when you think about it, you have a backup quarterback. Uh, he's, you know, probably going to be looking for, for somebody like Greg Olson, who's kind of that reliable, mm-hmm. you know, go-to guy in that offense. Uh, even though I think D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel, if they can get the ball down the field with accuracy, both those guys could have good okay. games. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you consider the Cardinals have given up huge games, I mean monster games, 
to TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews uh, in their first two games. I could see Greg Olson here having a lot of catches, may not turn into a lot of points, uh, but I could see him racking up uh, some yardage here and maybe at least giving the Panthers uh, some opportunities here. But yeah, seems like the Cardinals are in a good spot, build a little momentum uh, after playing pretty well against the Ravens, mm-hmm. which I, I think that kind of a deceiving game unless you go back and look at it because as we said they kick those field goals I mean you know if they get a touchdown out of one of those three it's a completely different game and we're, we're having a completely different conversation here uh, so yeah Cardinals uh, maybe pick up a little momentum here we'll, we'll see how things go this week uh, against the Panthers uh, two teams that uh, maybe don't have as much uh, momentum, although the Bucks, like they've got a little momentum, I guess, after getting the the road win at the Panthers. That surprised both of us. Uh, the Bucks are six and a half point favorites against the Giants, who uh, the Eli Manning era as a starter is uh, certainly at this point uh, is over. As Daniel Jones is going to now get the opportunity to step in and be the guy, uh, Dylan. The problem for me is that it's great to be the guy. Um, but the, the issue I have here is that Daniel Jones is starting, but right now his top two wide receivers are Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, if Sterling Shepard is out again, because that's a that's a tough spot to be in. Uh, it's a tough ask of Daniel Jones here in your first game. But I guess on the positive note, you're playing against the Bucks defense that, while they look better against the Panthers, I think a lot of that had to do with just, you know, weather and Cam Newton situation instead of just the Bucks being a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe you get some, some chances here. Evan Ingram is certainly going to be a target monster here. Um, but I'm picking the Bucks here. I just think they're, they're in a much better spot. Yeah, another spread at 6.5 points where I don't feel incredibly confident about the home team covering. I am going to Tampa Bay. I I was initially uh, thinking about picking the Giants, and I kind of looked further and reading a couple articles about Todd Bowles, uh, obviously defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, and his his success against rookie quarterbacks is staggering. Over the last few years, he's faced uh, as rookies Baker Mayfield, Mariota, Josh Allen, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Derek Carr, Mike Glennon, all in starts, and then also a couple guys off the bench. In those games, those rookie quarterbacks only have one touchdown, seven picks, completing just over 56% of their their passes with a QB rating just under 62. That does not uh, bode well for Daniel Jones. As much as Tampa Bay, you know, their their past defense has been awful in past years. They have looked better, as you mentioned, and I still don't trust them completely. But with the lack of weapons the Giants have, still don't really trust their offensive line. Tampa Bay's defensive line looked pretty pretty good uh, last week, especially. And I, I think, you know, with Sue and some of the other guys they have, they have some talent there, and it could be an issue for Jones. I, you know, wanted to pick him. You know, it's, I wanted to be his coming out party. I mentioned on the last podcast, maybe there's a, not a better situation than facing Tampa Bay um, as a rookie QB starting. But I don't think that's necessarily the case now as I look further at the stuff with Todd Bowles I think it's going to be a tough one I, I don't feel confident again in the Bucks covering but I do think they're going to pull this one out well, Peyton Barber Peyton Barber has just burst yeah. onto the scene the, the Bucks with a running game that's not something we're used to to talking about but yeah they uh they seem to have a little bit of a running game now so we'll see uh, if they can keep that going there and certainly Jameis's uh, accuracy is something uh, that we'll continue to monitor here moving forward. Uh, I mentioned, though, I think Chris Godwin, Mike Evans could have huge games here, uh, depending on, you know, if we, let's say we get ourselves into a high-scoring game, uh, I think those two could just have monster games in, in this one. Uh, so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. Also, the Bucks' defense is certainly an intriguing from a fantasy perspective uh, because they are going up against the quarterback making his first start. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Both of us uh, on the Bucks bandwagon, uh, at least for this game. <laughs> Uh, the next yes. game, which this could, this is, has one of those sneaky better games of the week. Uh, I don't know if it's even sneaky. I think you've got two games where uh, we look at what both offenses are capable of uh, defensively, maybe not what we thought they were going to be coming into the season, but injuries have a little bit to do with that. Uh, the Chargers are three-point favorites at home against the Texans. Um this is uh, this could be a really good game because both of these teams, mm-hmm. like we said, it's it's something where you, you see some of the weaknesses that that can be exploited uh, from a defensive perspective. 
Um, we've seen how well you know the Chargers have looked at times, but you also look at them and, and you're like, well, they only scored 10 points against the Lions last week, and then the Texans, who struggled against the Jags, still won that game, but uh, we're still kind of banging our head against the wall when it comes to some of Bill O'Brien's uh, decisions and how they just approach the game. Uh, it just seems like, man, the, the, the conservative nature of how they approach games is just going to another level. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers here, Dylan. I don't. I still don't think we either – I think we're both going to be on the same page here. I don't know that we trust either one of these two teams completely mm-hmm. – because we, we've seen them at their best, but we've also seen them at their worst. And uh, I, I don't know. So that, that makes it easier for me to pick the home team here. Uh, so I'll take the Chargers uh, just knowing that the Texans are still having problems uh, keeping Deshaun Watson from getting pressured on every play. Yeah. And, and with the Chargers, maybe they're able to find some, some weaknesses there, especially in that Texans uh, secondary. Yeah, I mean, the Lions aren't a great team, but the Chargers defense did look pretty good in that game at certain times i think that uh, also here as you mentioned texans with one of the weaker secondaries i do uh, you know compared to facing even detroit i think philip rivers in the passing game will have a much better day i think keenan allen yeah obviously him mike williams i think austin eckler we saw what you know he's not a, he's not alvin Kamara, but Kamara had an absolutely a huge first week against the Texans defense. I do think they can get exploited. They're really just not that deep of a defense. And a lot of questions, obviously, like you mentioned on the offensive line for Houston. I, I went with the Chargers as well. Uh, I do think, it, you know, Deshaun Watson does have the capability to take over a game on his own. So, and he very well could do that here. Chargers don't really have, you know, much of a home field advantage. It's not really, a, it's almost like a, kind of a game in an alternate um, yeah. a venue here, really, whenever they play these home games now. Uh, it, we'll see what happens. Uh, Houston can keep it close, absolutely. I don't, you know, there's a reason it's a three point spread for the Chargers favored at home. It's uh, pretty, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know, but I'm going to go with the Chargers finding a way to win this game. Could be sneaky good game, could be sneaky bad game, uh, based on what we've seen uh, from these two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen, you mentioned him. I think he could have the biggest – I think he could be the number one wide receiver fantasy-wise this week. Uh, I think he's just – targets are going to be there, and that secondary is just – it can be exploited. And so yeah. I think he could have a huge game. Um, they had and, over 400 yards last week against yeah. Detroit, despite only scoring 10 points. So there, yeah. there's reasons to believe if they just figure out some of the smaller issues in the red zone. And I, I really don't think it's there it was kind of an anomaly with some of the things that happened last week with the Chargers. I do think they should have won that game. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that they're going to be in a good spot here, it seems like, and we just don't know what we're going to get from the Texans. That's the problem with them right now. Uh, Another team in the state of California that uh, should be sitting in a pretty good spot, at least it looks like it on paper, San Francisco 49ers, who, believe it or not, have a chance to move to 3-0 on the season, uh, and they are favored to do so as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we mentioned the the Ben Roethlisberger injury. That is pretty much uh, the talk of things with the Steelers. Mason Rudolph steps in. Uh, You heard a lot of things throughout the week about how the players were actually uh, pretty impressed with with what Rudolph did. I think a lot of analysts were impressed just seeing him come in. He has the skill set. Uh, but making you know a start like this on the road against the 49ers defense that's been able to capitalize uh, especially you know off of bad quarterback play um, this could be another spot there where, where that secondary mm-hmm. can can have a big game I, I mentioned to this to you before we start recording I almost went with the Steelers here and this would have certainly been mm-hmm. my upset of the week uh, the six and a half is a little much too high for me uh, I'm still gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick the 49ers, but uh, the Steelers are in a spot where if they can just limit turnovers, if Mason Rudolph can do that, um, I think Juju could have a huge game from a matchup perspective. Uh, this could be a, a good spot for the Steelers to basically say, "Hey, we're not, you know, don't give up on us yet. Like we're not completely done. We may not win the division or anything like that, but." We're going to at least show you that, that we can win a game like this. And I that's trust issues. I don't still completely mm-hmm. trust the Niners uh, just yet, just because they beat the Bucks and the Bengals. 
Yeah, I don't trust the Niners yet either, but I have picked against them twice, and both times those have not <laughs> boded uh, too well for myself. So I'm going to go with the 49ers here. I do think they're secondary. Uh, you know, looking back at some of the things they're able to do, the pass rush has improved. I think their defense definitely has taken a step forward. I don't think it's the unit that, you know, with the previews going into the season, I was talking about uh, all the times they just gave up huge chunks of yardage to not even the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think they've definitely improved a lot. And I think with Kyle Shanahan, what they're able to do with the offense, that's the big reason I'm kind of going with San Francisco here. I still have no trust in Keith Butler on the flip side and the Steelers defense in their secondary. We'll see what Minka Fitzpatrick can do on the fly. If he can make an immediate impact, that might change things. But overall, there's still too many times where you're getting linebackers guarding receivers and all these passing plays that the 49ers are and Kyle Shanahan have been kind of patented where they have guys run these routes right along the line of scrimmage and kind of deceive as if they're going to be part of the blocking scheme and they leak out for easy touchdowns. A lot of uh, things with the uh, running backs getting involved. I just think it's not the best matchup for the 49 or for the Steelers defense um, on that side. And the other side, Mason Rudolph, maybe over the course of the year, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty confident in him. Obviously, if they're, they're trading a first round pick for Fitzpatrick, they, mm-hmm. they do think, you know, once Big Ben, even if he's going to come back next year, they think Rudolph is their QB of the future. Maybe that's the case, but it's going to be tough to adjust this quickly on the fly, on the road. Uh, you know, Steelers will be coming out with a sense of urgency, obviously not trying to go down 0-3, but I think the 49ers just from a schematics uh, point of view do have the advantage and that's why i'm going to go with san francisco yeah vance mcdonald james washington two familiar targets for uh, mason rudolph maybe you see both those guys get involved a lot more uh, in a game like this but yeah seems like the 49ers uh, in a good spot there with their defense um a game that looked a lot better on paper before last week and that was mm-hmm. the saints at the seahawks the seahawks are four point favorites here um uh, you know i i still they're still for me I look at the Saints and say, okay, well, they played at the Rams. They certainly didn't look great after Breeze went out. Uh, but being, you know, in a different setting now where you're, you're still playing a really tough team, but yet you've kind of had that time uh, to tweak some things and try to at least look a little bit better offensively. Um, I feel like the, the Saints aren't going to maybe be as bad as people think. Uh, the problem is I don't know that they necessarily uh, have a great setup schedule-wise. Um, yep. And so I'm going to pick the Seahawks here just because it is more – there's more trust in the Seahawks where they're at right now um, versus the, the Saints. And we mentioned the Seahawks going on the road getting that big win at the Steelers. Uh, we know how that game played out with, with the Roethlisberger thing. But now another situation where, uh, you know, the Seahawks were, were ready to play Big Ben. They're ready to play Drew Brees. And mm-hmm. now pretty much not having to play either one of them. So it seems like it sets up well here uh, for the Seahawks to, to get another win here. Kind of a charmed start to the season for Seattle, just barely sneaking that win over the Bengals, who obviously looked so awful last week. And then, as you mentioned, they they get Big Ben out of the game after the first half last week. Now they get Teddy over Breeze. It's it's crazy. That <laughs> I think stars are aligning for them so far. They're at home, so that helps a lot. I think Teddy Bridgewater in his first start would have benefited a lot from being in the Superdome um, in this matchup. So I'm I, yeah, I'm going with Seattle here. I'm still not a, a completely sold on their secondary and you know Mason Rudolph was able to get some things going in that second half his only interception came because Moncrief let the ball hit him in the helmet and it bounced in the air for the pick so uh, overall you know still Seattle's defense has a lot of questions for me I'm not sold over the course of the year they're going to be able to kind of stack up with some of these better offenses I you know this was could have been one of the games of the week as you mentioned if Breeze had played and I might have picked the Saints even if they had fallen with Breeze to the Rams last week. But I think with Teddy getting things going, we'll see if the running game is able to attack. Um, I, I think New Orleans will keep it close, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game. I, again, I'm really just still not sold on Seattle overall, but they, uh, I think they'll be able to run the ball. We saw what the Rams were able to do at the end of the game last week, or yeah, most of the second half last week with Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley. I think you'll see something similar. Rashad Penny looked a lot better, had that one touchdown where, you know, great hesitation to find the open hole I think it could be a big week for both of those running backs Russell Wilson too good to lose this game at the end of the day the guy that even if it's close going in the fourth quarter I think he can always pull it out for Seattle and you know Teddy I do think they'll kind of weather this storm overall but I do think as you mentioned the schedule's tough and we know with the Saints a team that really relies on home field advantage so if they're going to potentially win the division still they're going to have to win some of these games over this stretch but I'm going to go with Seattle here. All right, yeah, that should be uh, another interesting game on the slate uh, for sure there. But Dylan, moving on to the primetime game there on Sunday night. 
the Rams, who uh, your former Los Angeles Rams. Now we know you're the the Buffalo Bills guy, but uh, your your <laughs> Los Angeles Rams, the team you used to uh, support, uh, they're at the Cleveland Browns, which uh, th- three point favorites for the Rams. But you know, I think in this game, the the Browns looked better against the Jets, but that's not saying much. And I don't know how many people are just completely back on the the Browns bandwagon just yet because I I am still have my concerns I still think they they Mm -hmm. obviously have some issues that they're trying to work out uh but with the Rams and what can you say about them they got the big road win against the Panthers they come back home took care of business against the Saints we just mentioned that Uh, it was a different kind of game but uh I'm you know I'm gonna take the Rams here I I, I'm very high on the Browns obviously you were too going into the season um I'm not saying that that I think the Browns are going to come out and lose this game by two touchdowns but it's clear that they're still kind of working on some things while the Mm -hmm. Rams uh seem to sort of just be picking up where they left off last season yeah if anything the Rams defense looks better now than it did last season I think they've kind of built off some of the things we saw in the playoffs especially in the Super Bowl absolutely great performance for them despite the loss and yeah the first couple of weeks it's hard to you know it was against Teddy Bridgewater against the Saints it wasn't Drew Brees for much of that game so it's not as much as you can take from that but overall I still think you know they can control what they can control I think overall their defense looks a lot better and the Browns still figuring out things in offense they did put up some points against the Jets but they weren't exactly moving the ball with ease in that game and it's going to be a big challenge for Cleveland's offensive line against uh, the Rams front even when even when Teddy was in the game for New Orleans Los Angeles is drawing so many holding penalties it was just flag after flag and when they weren't even then they weren't completely stopping Teddy from getting hit so I think that's going to be a huge issue for the Browns in this game Uh, for on the flip side it's going to be a challenge for the Rams offensive line they have Blythe likely out for this game at right guard a couple new offensive linemen and their third starts for the Rams at center and left guard so a lot of new guys uh, in the middle of the line against a pretty pretty strong defensive front for Cleveland but we did see them come kind of adjust in the second half the Rams uh, against the Saints they were facing a lot of these six-man kind of fronts it was similar to what we saw from the Patriots in the Super Bowl to kind of counter against the Rams wide zone runs and they uh, this is from Seth Galina on Twitter he had a great breakdown of kind of in the second half of that game how the Rams were able to start running these toss cracks so they kind of exposed all the interior guys on the line for the Saints and this is one strategy for sure with Cleveland's front that they may have tried but after seeing what the Rams were able to do running with uh, quite a bit of ease almost 10 yards of carry in the second half on these toss plays kind of against it with uh uh, receivers and tight ends chipping inside I think the Rams will be able to get the running game going uh, Cleveland's defense might still give them fits we, we haven't seen the Rams offense completely flow at full speed at all times but I do think there's enough here to pick the Rams to win this game it's my game of the week uh, Ch- Chiefs Ravens probably the best one really overall but tried to pick another one that kind of fits the billing we'll see if Cleveland can live up to it but I, I'm going to go with the Rams finding a way to win this one yeah, I mean, you just said it. You get the Browns in prime time, and they're going to be geared up. But you know what? We thought they were going to be geared up for week one, two against the Titans, and we saw how that turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, we're still, we mentioned trust issues. There's still some trust issues with the Browns. And this is one of those games where if they're able to come out and win this game or at least, you know, have a game where it goes down to, to the final possession, you feel a little bit better about where the Browns are because we didn't really learn a whole lot about them against the Jets because we knew kind of the situation uh, that was going to be for them. But, uh, all right, Dylan, we wrap it up with uh, the Monday night game. That is the Bears at the Redskins. Um, we've we've mentioned the Bears here on the last couple of episodes just because of the, the first two weeks they've had, uh, how ugly it looked in that first week against the Packers, and then just to have the uh, miraculous win against the Broncos. Really needed that. Uh, if you're Chicago and Matt Nagy, that's for sure. Uh, now trying to carry that into really, uh, I guess, a Redskins team that hasn't looked awful. Uh, you know, it seems like that, that first week against the Eagles, uh, the way they started, everybody looked around and said, well, you know, maybe there's a little something to the Redskins. Then last week against the Cowboys, uh, didn't play terrible. Uh, it's just you're playing the Eagles and the Cowboys, and now you're trying to turn that mm-hmm. uh, into playing a, another team that people think are going to be a factor uh, in the NFC and trying to do that at home on a Monday night. Uh, I'll go with the Bears, but, uh, again, with just how sort of ugly things have been on offense for the Bears and having no sort of confidence in Mitchell Trubisky right now, I don't think Bears fans do either, uh, that makes this one very interesting, and I would not be surprised at all if the Redskins win this game. 
Yeah, we're going with back-to-back road home, or sorry, road favorites here. <laughs> so that's uh, always a risky call. I have the Bears as well, but don't feel incredible about it. I initially put the Redskins down um, and changed my pick just because, I, as we've talked about a lot of times, Washington's offensive line is a huge issue. When you have a Bears front seven, really a full defense, it's one of the best in the NFL. I think they're going to absolutely eat all day. And I, I, you know, Keenum, there's a few plays in the Dallas game in particular that were pointed out where he had guys running open down the field, but just just could not look down the field because he, he had defenders in his lap. Probably going to have a similar situation here without anyone getting that open against that secondary for Chicago. So it's going to be probably another ugly game. Uh, I, I, the Bears offense, still tons of concerns about what they have been able to do so far. Maybe a little bit uh, better matchup here. Red, the Redskins defense isn't you know, really scaring anyone, but they, they have fought hard in these games against the Eagles and Cowboys to give them credit. This isn't a team that you know, is going to be like the Dolphins we're talking about 0-16 or anything. They have enough talent and enough guys that are fighting hard to, by the end of the year, they're going to scratch across some wins. And wouldn't be shocked if one comes on Monday night. But uh, for the Bears, you know, a team, as we've talked about, their schedule doesn't get much easier. If they're going to get in the playoffs, uh, they're going to have to win games like this, this one. Yep. For sure, and that offense has got to get better. We know that, and uh, yeah, it's a big game for the Bears because you don't want to be sitting there, you know, at one and two with with games like this. And just if your offense looked as bad as it's looked through the first two weeks, um, your defense—it's one of those teams we mentioned a lot of teams in the past that have had great defenses. Uh, their offense has sort of held them back, and you just you don't know if that's going to be the Bears or not because thus far uh, it kind of seems that way. But uh, there you go, both taking the Bears, and there are our picks for week three of the nfl slate and we're gonna have a little fun here dylan because uh, full disclosure uh, i had some internet issues so we had to kind of take a break in our recording so we're actually <laughs> finishing this after the titans jags game so we can already tell you which one of us came out on top there uh as you know by now the jags get the win um dylan just quickly the titans man i told you i'm just telling you the titans are they are who they are like they yep. are just an average team and i don't know what else you say about them after a game like that yeah mariota man that was that was a brutal night for him gardner Minshew, though what a what a what a party <laughs> for that guy he could have had another touchdown it was dropped by dd westbrook in the end zone so overall jacksonville's defense looked better but i in tennessee's offensive line i said some good things about them they got destroyed tonight did not come prepared and just overall a sloppy game it was thursday night the first half was just dominated by so many holding calls that, my gosh it was crazy <laughs> and the, yeah. I, we were, I was joking here with uh, tomer at the office i was like they, they must have called you know I, they must have called the officials at halftime because there wasn't an, a penalty the entire fourth <laughs> quarter and then there was our third quarter and finally there's one holding later in the fourth and it's like they must have told them to just kind of chill out for a bit so yeah tom, i don't know tom brady <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Tom right. Brady, Tom man. Brady told him. <laughs> it's going to turn off the game. Tom Brady's got that uh, impact right there. <laughs> he does. He has the pull. Yeah, so you, so you know if you're listening to this part and you're like, well, wait a second, Dylan actually picked the Jags. You'll know that during the editing process, Dylan went back and replaced his pick uh, with the Jags. But, no, we uh, – we had some fun with that. Yeah, I had to actually, uh, like I said, had some internet issues. So we, we took a break, recorded a little later, and now, yeah, we actually know the outcome of that game. So Jags get a win. Uh, that'll help them there in the uh, the AFC South. But uh, a lot of help is needed in the AFC what South. What a division. <laughs> yeah, right now. There, there's a lot that, that needs to be worked on, and uh, we'll see what happens there moving forward uh, in that division. But, all right, Dylan, that'll wrap it up. Uh, obviously, uh, there are picks for the week. And, uh, yeah, we've uh, – it's just a, one of those weeks where a lot of these games seem to kind of lean towards the, the favorites, but as we know, that's not the case in the NFL. You're always going to have some uh, they are kind of all over the place, and you'll see some upsets, I guess you could call them, although we don't say that as much uh, about pro football as we do college football, but should be some fun games. Uh, so, yeah, that'll wrap it up, and uh, obviously our next episode we will touch on our takeaways from the Week 3 games, uh, talk about the waiver wire pickup options, and Dylan, uh, let everybody know where they can find all our good stuff yeah so for the podcast if you're listening probably either on itunes you know spotify soundcloud any any podcast outlet you use we're probably on there for establish the pass for all of our fantasy articles we had some great uh stardom sit articles this week and blake's gonna have a few more things coming up here uh, with dfs 
that stuff, and we're going to have an injury report article. All those can be found at clutchpoints.com if you search fantasy football. All of our overall NFL content, if you go to the NFL tab, same with the Clutch Points app on that NFL section as well there. So tons of content, uh, a lot of good in-game content tonight, and uh, yeah, we'll keep rolling with that uh, moving forward going into Sunday. Yep, we will. Unless Tom Brady says that he doesn't like it, then we will say, you know what? We are going to switch our strategy and do something else because uh, it's Tom's world and we are all just living in it. So uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Yeah, lots of great stuff. Head over to clutchpoints.com. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. And we'll be back next time uh, for another great episode of the Establish the Past podcast.